Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Michael Russin. Happy Sunday. Thank you for joining me today. I'm glad I, I got about five, seven minutes into the last episode, and I'm like, I should check the sound because I'm not in one of my normal cars. I uh, rented an F-150, which we'll talk about here in a second, an XLT. It's a giant truck. Um, I'm on my way to... Anyway, so... I checked the sound and it was crackly and poppy because I think it had just disconnected from the Bluetooth because the Bluetooth in here just did the quality was bad. So I'm glad I went back and checked because that whole episode would have been nobody would have wanted to listen to it. So just check the sound on this. Hopefully it's still clear. It looks like on my feedback it is. Um, I'm going to check one more time. I'm paranoid now. Okay, sounds good. We're good. We're ripping. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I'm restarting. But yeah, I'm heading to a wedding in uh, New York City. I think Long Island. It's Queens, Long Island or Queens. or so, I don't know. I don't know. It's all the same to me. But heading to a wedding in New York City right now. Um, my dear friend Justin and his lovely soon-to-be wife, Nareet, are, uh, well, I think they actually already officially got, like, married, like, at the courthouse. But now, like, tonight's, like, the ceremony and the, and the reception and all that. Um... So I'm barreling down 95 in this big old F-150 XLT. It's a huge truck. Everybody's like, why would you get a truck to go to New York City? Because. <laughs> Move out of my way. I used to be all intimidated when I was a kid and in my early 20s about going to cities. You know, I lived in Pittsburgh forever, but Pittsburgh's not a real city. That's like somebody dropped a, dropped skyscrapers and a couple ball fields on a, on a country town. You know what I mean? But Pittsburgh's funny, man. <laughs> But, uh, so I just, uh, now when I go to cities, I'm just like, ah, get out of my way, you little rodent. <laughs> I'm not, not everybody that lives in a city is, is a rodent. I know a lot of you live, that live, listen to me live in cities. I'm not saying that. There's just a lot of rodents in cities, both of the rat and human variety. So, um, I just now, I don't want to say egotistically a feeling of superiority, but I have a lot of pride in the fact that I live out on my own land. You know what I mean? I have a lot of pride in the fact that, you know, I'm able to provide for myself. You know, if the electrical grid were to crash tomorrow, I wouldn't die in three weeks. My children and my wife wouldn't suffer. You know what I mean? We could make it happen. I just don't understand leaving in cities. First of all, any kind of disaster happens. It's You live in a city, you're screwed. You ain't getting out because everybody's going to try getting out at the same time. You can't even drive... Dude, it takes 30 minutes to go a block in a car. Imagine if a nuke was heading towards New York City right now. Imagine if there was a, an actual plague. You know what I mean? I just, I don't get the appeal. I don't get the appeal. I feel very trapped. I feel claustrophobic. I feel dirty in cities. And the, the whole thing is, well, dude, there's so many restaurants. You know, how many different places could you get faux or far or whatever that stuff is at before it's just like it's all the same, you know? Yeah, you find your favorite place, and then that's the only place you go. Um, I would rather have to drive 20 miles and get there in 25 minutes than I would to have to be in the car 25 minutes to go two miles. Very, very frustrating to me. So, um, anyways, all that goes to say is I'm heading to New York to see my friends get married. I'm going to be able to see a lot of my good friends, Albie and Cody and all these other guys I'm very, very close with. So, very excited to see the boys. Geneva uh, is staying at home with Ada, which uh, it was very difficult to leave them today. You know, we made the decision she's pregnant. 
we got a five month old. It's like, what's she gonna do the whole time? Be up in the room with a crying kid? You know, she'd just much rather be at home where she's comfortable, but it didn't make it any easier. I got a little emotional today saying goodbye to them. You know, Geneva was in the glider in her, uh, you know, the like the rocking chair recliner thing in Ada's room, and Ada was sound asleep on her chest with their little hand holding on to Geneva's bathrobe. And uh, I don't like leaving at home. You know, and my, my executive assistant, dear friend Rachel, was telling me the other day, she's like, if you keep staying around your house, you're never going to want to leave your house. And I'm like, that's fine. Because <laughs> you know, I had expressed to her that I get a little, I never used to get, I, I've always de- dealt with anxiety. I think I'm naturally, I've talked about this before. I, I think in my core, I'm an introvert. But the past 12 years of my life has forced me to become extroverted. Um, but I'm naturally an introvert. I'm very comfortable by myself. I'm very comfortable in familiar territory. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, she was saying, you got to get out of your house more. You're just going to be one of those homebodies that never leaves the house. You know what I mean? Like a shut-in. And I could see some truth to that. So... I am excited to see my friends, but I'm going to miss my wife and child. I already do dearly, dearly. Um, things change when you have, I've said this many, many times, things completely change when you have a child, when you have a kid, when you have a little fuzzball at home. That's all you want to do is you want to be with the little fuzzball. And, uh, you know, yesterday she was pretty fussy yesterday, which is not typical for her. She's like at a very clingy stage. You know, she's always got to be with mom or, you know, with dad but mostly with mom and uh but today I got I got I got Ada well Ada started screeching she doesn't cry in the morning she ah, ah, she she just yells and rolls around in her crib like I'm awake I'm awake come pay attention to me so I went in and I scooped her up and she gave me a big old smile as she always does and I fed her a bottle and then we went out in the living room and we played I took care of the in between keeping an eye on her, got all the ducks and chickens taken care of and last minute things around the house, cardboard downstairs, trashes out, cleaned up the kitchen for my wife so she wouldn't have to worry about it, cooked her a pancake, she loves these uh, Kodiak protein pancakes, so I cooked her, I mean I ate half, but I cooked her a pancake, Uh, she only eats half anyways, and uh, got the ducks and chickens situated and then took Ada for a walk for about a half hour. Got a, got the truck all packed up, my suit. I'm like, I got that pang in my heart. Like, I forgot something when I was just talking about that. But I think I got everything. I got shoes and I got a suit and a belt. What else do you need? Bathing suit because Monday's a pool day. I don't know if I'm going to stay for the whole pool day. I know I say that now, but I'll probably, you know, end up having fun with my friends and not wanting to leave, but also wanting to leave to be back home with my kid. Um, it's just, it's very difficult. Things are so different now. Um. I just don't want to be away from my child, you know, which is why I'm so thankful. And I do have to, you know, I have to, Geneva was pretty upset, you know, that I, obviously not upset, but she's just sad that I was leaving. I think obviously she's dealing with a little bit of FOMO. These are her friends too. And she's in that stage of her life where she's a mom. She's the mom that has to stay at home, you know, and uh, I'm grateful that she didn't give me grief. You know, she was sad, but she didn't give me a hard time about going. Plus, why did I go? I have to my friends that are here have been fiercely loyal to me with everything that's gone on in my life in the past two and a half years uh, to the point where they've wanted to start business with businesses with me and they've supported me uh, emotionally and you know they've I've got to come and see these guys and I know that they would make 
make the trip to see me. So uh, I felt it was important that we had representation from the Russins here. But uh, it comes at a cost, you know, as, as everything in life. You know, what, what, there's, there's, as everything is give and take, matter is never, you know, neither created nor destroyed, and time is a finite resource. And you think about those things more when you have a kid. You think about them all the time when you have a child. Um, that every second spent away from my kid is another second that I'm not home with her and my wife and my unborn child in her tummy. And, uh, you know, it's... I'm very thank, thankful and grateful, and this is what I was saying before, I had to remind Geneva, you know, I'm, I am home all the time. You know, we have our first line defense dinners once every two weeks, I meet up with my buddy Jacob. You know, we're going to meet up once every two weeks, maybe. So I'm like gone for one evening every week, and that's it. You know, other than running errands, going to the grocery store, I do most of the shopping now for us so Geneva can be at home with their baby. And, you know, Geneva's not trapped in the house. I send her for massages, send her to get her hair done. You know, um, it's just that in Maine, we don't have over three years we just haven't met like this guy get this so this guy comes to the door and uh anybody that comes to my door unannounced is in some degree putting i don't want to say putting their life at risk but i do not like people showing up to my house unannounced um and i'm always very leery of the government you know when are they going to finally start oh hey did you post this on the internet on August 7th, 2021 was this year. So, you know, I just like stuff like that because that's what's happening in England right now is you could go to jail for social media posts. And, you know, if any government agency thinks that they're going to take any amount of time away from me and my child, they're going to get the business end of a shotgun. But um, serious, you know what I mean? Very frustrating to see all these legislating this Sam Bankman freed or whatever, this Jewish guy that's just going to get away. You know, he's getting off scot-free, basically defrauding, um, you know, millions and billions of dollars. You know, he, he's going to walk, you know, and they're harassing common folk over, you know, $30,000 of unpaid taxes or a social media post or some other bullshit trumped up charges. So, anyways, this guy came to the door. The point of this story is this guy came to the door. And uh, Geneva knows not to answer any questions, not to sign anything, not to verify who does and doesn't live in the house, right? She knows this. So I see this guy, and he's got a clipboard. And I'm like, all right. So I blast the door. It was like Geneva went out, but she shouldn't have, but she did. I was in the other room. I was in the bathroom. I was on the toilet right in the middle. So, yeah, I got myself proper real quick and threw some shorts on and went storming out the door. And, you know, I come out all beefed up, 250-pound shirtless. I had my gun in the back of my waistband, which he couldn't see. Uh, but the guy took a couple steps back, and you could tell I kind of frightened him a little bit, I think. And he was probably afraid that I was going to uh, yell at him for talking to my wife. But basically, this guy, uh, Christian guy, as soon as I saw the cross pendant on his necklace, I knew. And you could just tell by looking at somebody whether or not they're a good person. Uh, so I saw it. he meant no trouble. You know, it definitely wasn't from the government. Um, and he was going, actually, he was almost anti-government. He was getting a petition in our town. There's no ordinance to, um, what do you call it, when you kick a political leader, impeach uh, the political leaders in Wyndham, which is the town that we live in. There's no ordin ordinance there. So if they act unethically, 
uh, immorally or they go against their voter base. There's no consequences currently. So he was collecting signatures to put in an impeachment ordinance. I'm like, dude, I'm all for that. So we both signed it and I was talking to him. And we both closed the door and we're like, man, it is so refreshing to talk to a normal person. Like, that's the kind of guy we would hang out with. And we haven't met uh, many of those people here. I mean, we have the Rogers. I have, like, my little brother and his, you know, guys that work for him, like Brent Henderson's very close friend of mine, you know, and I spend some time with him. But we don't have, like, friends up here in Maine because it's it's just full of liberals. You know what I mean? Um Corvette in front of me, his license plate is Midlife, <laughs> Midlife Crisis Corvette, let's go baby, nothing wrong with that, and uh, you know, so Geneva, we have the Rogers, uh, a very close family friend of ours, but they're so busy, they've got like five kids, plus she's pregnant, so you know, Geneva's kind of on her own out there, I was hoping maybe to get her mom or sister to fly in, I've had to travel before, um, when Albie's, you know, fiance unfortunately passed, Ada was brand new. She was here, she maybe a month old at that point. I was gone for three days in Florida, uh, supporting my friend Albie through what I would characterize as probably the most difficult time of his life. <laughs> um, but anyway, she's home alone. And again, I'm just, I'm just stream of consciousness because I want to be on the road for the next six to seven hours probably with traffic because I can tell you the traffic's already heavy right now. Um, on 95, it's always, it's always, you never know what you're going to get on 95, but, uh, especially on a Sunday, um, really traffic. Yeah. Traffic is probably, yeah. All these mass plates. These are people that were up here for the weekend, their cabins, boats, stuff like that from Massachusetts. All the mass holes come to uh, Maine <laughs> over the weekend and now they're all heading back. But you know, all this goes to say is you just think about things very differently. You think about opportunity costs. Uh, but we are very grateful and thankful, and we're just very uh, lucky and blessed. Blessed is the word, not lucky, that I am able to stay at home seven days a week nearly uh, with my wife and my child, that I don't have to go anywhere to work. I don't have to travel for work. You know what I mean? I'm able to be at home almost all day, every day with them. So when I do have to leave, it almost makes it more difficult, you know, because I'm just so used to being home. <laughs> But uh, again, I am excited to see my friends and all that. You know what I was thinking when I stopped to change gears very harshly and rapidly? You know what I was thinking about when I was at the gas station watching people getting out of their cars and all this? I was just getting refueling and filling the truck up, which it was pretty much full. But I was just topping it off and getting my road necessities like more chew and bang and water. Um, liberals are just objectively ugly people, you know? This car pulled up, pride flag on the back, BLM, Ukraine sticker, just the cookie cutter, just the, the, the person with no personality. You know, these people have no personalities of their own. They have no ability to think objectively about the world around them. They're just whatever the news and their friends tell them to be, that's what they are. And it's just, how is it, you know, it's just like people are like, oh, Trumpies with their Trump flag. Yeah, they're all the same. Well, so are the liberals. You know what I mean? Like, that's all the same type of person. And I'm watching these people. There are like two or three cars that either had one of those three stickers on it. And first was like a, clearly a lesbian couple, both overweight, both poorly dressed, both bad haircuts. One of them smelled. I walked in the door behind her. She stunk like B.O. Ugly. Just objectively unattractive. Then there was this car full of four people. I don't even know what two of them were. Androgynous, just 
she, hers, it, they's. I don't know. And then, like, two older gay guys. And I was just... I'm not saying every lesbian's unattractive. That's not the case. I'm not saying every gay person is unattractive. That's not the case. And I'm not saying every liberal, even, is unattractive. What I'm saying is the majority of them are objectively ugly. Ugly people. And I started to think as to why that is. And I think a lot of it has to do with what I had previously started this conversation with about identifying with BLM, identifying with Ukraine, not even thinking. This is what CNN says, so this is what I'm going to do. This is what my liberal professor says that parks his Corolla next to a dumpster and makes 40000 a year <laughs> said to do. The one that's probably got CP on his hard drive. Because um, most of them do, without a doubt. Everybody out here is attracted to kids. The, the natural end to queer theory is pedophilia. It is. In fact, the founder of queer theory was very pro-pedophilia. Uh, the sexualization of kids. And that's what you find with communists, with Marxism and liberalism, is that they both want to remove the parents out of the, out of the equation, remove the kids from the parents, and sexualize them. It's, it's, the, it's the logical end. And it's really gross and it's disgusting. But anyways, you know, when you... Like, when you make your, call it, sexual identity, your whole personality, you let everything go to waste because that's the focal point of your existence. You don't know how to cultivate anything outside of that identity, right? So, if I, you know, this is, so if you're a gay man, you're more likely to, oh, Ukraine, you're more likely to, oh, pro this, you're more likely to, oh, abortion, reproductive rights. You're more it's just the same cookie cutter person over and over and the liberal women tight lipped, buggy eyed. You ever notice how liberal women have really wide eyes? They're like the Pfizer eyes. You know what I'm saying? They got those Pfizer eyes. Like you can see the white of their eyes above and below their iris. And I think that's from years of I I know what it has to do with. It has to do with probably a little bit of trauma. It has to do with not having a good relationship with your father. It has to do with bad experiences with men because you're a masculinized female. And masculinized females attract men that are abusive. It's just the way that it is, either verbally, emotionally, or physically, or all three. So you've got this man-hating psycho that's always on edge. Have you ever noticed how liberal people are always on edge? Like, watch liberals interact with people in public... Watch how they walk. Watch how they order things. Watch how they speak. They speak very quickly. Yes, they don't make very good eye contact. They're very jumpy. And why do you think these people are this way? Because they are living in direct opposition of God's law to God's law. And when you live in direct opposition to God's law, you are going to be nervous and jumpy all the time. Because in your soul, you could be an atheist. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your beliefs are. Your beliefs don't change who God is, right? So you could believe in your soul that there's no God, but you are going to believe in your soul. You're in the left. Bro, get out of the left lane. What are you doing? What are you doing? Come on now. Get out of the left lane, bro. Come on. Move your ass. The guy's just cruising. Just, just He's got his wife in the front seat car full of kids and he's just doing 75 there's four lanes here 
Look, there's a whole line of traffic behind him, absolutely clueless. What do you, oh, he's got New York plates. What party do you think he voted for? You know what I mean? Clueless. Self-absorption. When you live in direct opposition to God's law, you're going to be nervous all the time because your soul knows that there's judgment, that you are not living a righteous and true life, and none of us really are. You know, I still make mistakes. I'm not perfect. But I'm living to the most, for the most part, a living, I'm living according to the natural order of things. I'm married to a woman, very natural. We are having kids, very natural. Being married to the same sex, and I'm going to offend some people when I talk about this, and whatever, don't listen to me. Being married to the same sex is not natural. That's not the natural order of things. If everybody started marrying the same sex, the human race would die out. You understand what I'm saying? It would die out. So it's not natural. And people will be like, oh, well, dude, you know some animals have sex with each other uh, that are that are same sex. They have same sex relationships in the animal kingdom. Well, yeah, they also eat their own young. They also cannibalize each other. They also, so we just get to take everything from animals. There's a reason why there's a distinction between man and beast. And also, there aren't a whole lot of gay animals because if all the animals were gay, there'd be no more animals. Not having kids is not natural. That's not natural for a human being. It is, I don't care what, well, you know, we just decided that kids aren't for us. That's fine. Fine. Just, that's not natural. You can do whatever you want. That's the great thing about being alive and living in the United States is that you can, for the most part, as long as you're not hurting somebody, well, at least you used to be able to, as long as you're not hurting somebody else, you are able, for the most part, to do whatever you want. Have kids, not have kids, do this, do that, but it's not natural. And when you live a life that's antithetical to the natural order of things, you are going to have issues. Like, and it doesn't, it's not just social issues, like whether or not to have kids or uh, homosexuality it has to do with a whole lot of other things, like drug abuse. You know why drug abusers and drug users are always so jumpy and they're wide-eyed and buggy and, you know, there's a lot of trauma associated with that. Well, you're not living according to the natural order of things. You're doing unnatural things with your body. So you do unnatural things with your body. And boy, this Audi behind me is no joke. This guy's pissed. <laughs> like, bro, I can't go anywhere. I've got this little dude from Connecticut in front of me. Um, whenever you live against the natural order of things in life, you're, you're going to have issues. You're going to have issues. And we all do it in our own little ways. You know what I mean? Nobody's perfect. Um, but there are consequences associated with it. And one of those consequences is a complete lack of peace of mind. You can't have peace of mind when you live in direct opposition to God's natural order. God is an ordered being. God is perfect. Meaning that, and if you look at the way, like, for example, uh, this guy was on Joe Rogan. He was talking about creation and got Joe Rogan finally to start to really think about creation uh, principle objectively. Um, I do not, I love a lot of what Joe Rogan has to say and what he stands for, but his religious views, his, his spiritual views are way off, way off. Um, and this guy was like, he was arguing that for, it's called the, the theory is fine tuning, where whatever you see a system or a machine that's finely tuned, right? It always has, there's always a hand, a creative hand in it. So when we look at the way that the universe is so, like, look at our earth, like, look at where we, the planet we live on. 
the distance between the Earth and the Moon is perfect. The distance between the Earth and the Sun is perfect. And what a lot of people will argue, well, in an infinite universe, you're going to have circumstances where that's perfect. There's just, what are the chances, not only that that would occur, but life would start here? And where did it all come from? But anyway, so the point I'm trying to make is God is perfect. And the evidence of his hand is evident, not to be redundant, everywhere. Everywhere we look, we see the evidence of God. I saw this picture. It was just, uh, it was like this, it was like a compilation of pictures from this uh, subreddit. I hate Reddit. I'm never on Reddit. It's a cancer. Uh, but the subreddit was called Mildly Interesting. And uh, it's just things that are mildly interesting. And it was frost on somebody's door handle to their car. Silver door handle. And the frost made these intricate, it almost looked like, what's that pattern called? Paisley, I think. These intricate, beautiful patterns. And then when you look at our, our veins in our body, and then you look at the root systems of trees, and then the actual branches on trees, and then like the way that certain galaxies and nebulas are formed, it's like it's carbon copy of one another. Look at a snowflake. No two snowflakes are ever the same. They're all unique. They're all beautiful. You put them under a microscope, and it's like looking at an incredible, perfect piece of art. How could anybody, anybody, how many great scientists on their deathbeds renounced atheism? There is, I, I'm not going to go through because I don't want to misspeak uh, and name one that wasn't actually one of them, but like many great scientists, many great thinkers, maybe many great philosophers, philosophizers, on their deathbeds or close to the end of their lives, they got to the bottom of the bottle of their life and they're like, holy smokes, uh, I might have been wrong about a couple of things. <laughs> Human wisdom is foolishness. Human wisdom is foolishness. And you you have this cult now. You know, science is now a cult. It's it's a religion. True science, and this is what I got into with somebody on the on Facebook the other days. True silent science, and I talked about this, I think, on one of the other earlier episodes this week. True silence science is a spirit of questioning. It's a spirit, a spirit of questioning the norm, retesting, figuring things out. Like science is not trust the experts. Trust the, the experts. And it's so funny when you hear these people argue, what's your, what's your degree? What's your degree in? What's your degree? Where'd you go to school? Are you a doctor? And what you see is this appeal to authority argument that people always revert back to. And an appeal to authority argument is, is, is extremely anti-science. It is. You are supposed to, in science, question the standard, the status quo. You're supposed to question the standard. You're supposed to question, question, retest, and question. Because what do we see happen over and over again? The things that we believed 50 years ago have been disproven 50 times, and then a new theory replaces it. Like, I can remember reading a book five years ago on quantum covariant loop theory. Uh, which is basically a quantum physics principle. I'm not even going to get into it here because it's just scramble people's brains. Not to say that you're not, it's just not a field that I think many of you are interested in is what I'm getting. Um, and quantum science is absolutely fantastic. And I think quantum science is like when you really dig into it, you start to see, and maybe I have an elementary perspective of this and I should go get a PhD like some idiot liberal online would tell me to do. But the more that I read into quantum covariant loop theory, string theory, and all these different things is, um, 
like the pieces of the puzzle stopped fitting the old models of the universe. Like the old models of the universe stopped working. And what this is what science does. If science can't prove something to be true, but it's the best working theory, they'll force it to fit. Let me say that to you again. Many of you that maybe aren't that interested in science, it's important that you understand this. When science can't prove something to be 100% true, the way that we perceive something to be, but it's the best theory at hand, they will put, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, variables into the equation to force it to work so that we have some sort of model. But what we see is when we run these models over and over and over again, we tend to stray further and further away from the truth. Little tiny G deviations. Like, if I think I'm going straight, but I have no way of going straight, if you don't get out of the fast lane, but it's another Massachusetts plate, bro. Get out of the fast lane. What are you doing? Boy. Um, like, if I think I'm going straight, but I kind of squint my eyes to where I can't really see, and I turn the wheel just a little bit to the right, that's uh, just a little bit to the right, but I'm still kind of going straight. What happens? I'm going to end up in a ditch over time. And especially when you think about the acceleration, the faster that I'm going, the faster I'm going to arrive in that ditch. But anyways, it's, it's the, the point of me saying that is sometimes we accelerate ourselves so quickly down the wrong hole that we end up just looking back at the theory and realizing it was complete and utter trash. So you see science is so totally and completely imperfect. And that many things that we thought were a certain way are no longer a certain way. Like we used to think the Earth was at the center of our, our galaxy, our, our solar system. And that's not the case. We know it's not. It's not. It's heliocentric. It's the sun's in the center, right? Or so we're told. That could be wrong. You know what I mean? I've, I've gone down a deep dive into NASA and how screwed up and messed up NASA is and a lot of things. I'm not sure about the moon landing anymore. Like there's a lot of things. You should question everything you were ever taught. Um, I'm not going to get into this yet because I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. But when you really uh, look into uh, the Second World War and the Nazis and Germany, and, um, boy, you know, history is written by the victors. Um, and I'm not saying that Nazis just, you know, why is a Nazi now? It's not, it's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying Hitler was a good person. I'm not saying the Nazis obviously were good people. A lot of my, everybody that I'm going to see right now is Jewish. All my close friends are Jewish, right? All my good friends are the tiny hat people. <laughs> so, and I say that with love. Um, but when you just, you know, we don't, we don't have to talk about that right now. There's a lot of things uh, that we understood about World War II that probably aren't the truth, okay? Let's just put it that way. And so... I guess all this goes to say, you know, going back to the science thing, is that it's imperfect. We have a best-fitting working model. But any scientist worth their salt would tell you, we, re we, we really don't know much. We've made leaps and bounds and strides, but we really don't know much. You know, first they said the, the Earth was like, whatever, power, I'm, I'm going to throw a number out there, 17 billion years old. And then they just came back the other day and they're like, nope, it's not 17 billion, it's 50 billion. And then watch, you know, 10 years from now it'll be 150 billion. You know what I mean? It's just like the theories change every day and the goalposts change every day. The whole field sometimes completely changes. 
And all this goes to say, let me check my GPS. Hold on. Ooh, we we almost lost that whole recording. I hope the sound's still good. It looks like it's still recording. Okay. There was like processing, 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 processing. I'm like, oh no, doesn't normally do that. But um. Anyways, I guess all this goes to say is um. You know, God's perfect, and we cannot ever even come close to. Maybe when we get our regenerate minds and bodies at some point, um, we'll be able to understand God a little bit better, but will we ever be able to understand God completely? Absolutely not. How can you, how can you understand completely a perfect and infinite being? I guess maybe with a perfect and infinite mind, but I don't know that we're ever going to have, you know, we're going to be like God, but that doesn't mean we're going to be God. And for us to be perfect and infinite, I think that would make us God, right? So I think when we get our regenerate bodies and mind, regenerated bodies and minds, I think we'll have a much better understanding, but I think we'll always be learning. So like with unregenerate bodies and minds right now, it is absolute foolishness to suggest that we will even ever come close come close to understanding the order of the universe because I think understanding the order of the universe is to completely understand God and we look at you know we realized that there were you know we went down to atoms and then we realized we could break the atoms apart and then we realized that there's subatomic particles and then we realized that there's sub-subatomic particles and then we realized that there were particles and dark and antimatter that you can't see and you know, and even, even like with knowing where a molecule is going to be, you can only guess, right? You can only guess. You can't know for sure. You can guess as to the probability that it's probably going to be in this area. When we're talking about, I believe it's electrons, protons, all that. You can only guess where that particle is going to be. You can't say with surety and, and exactness that this is exactly where it's going to be. Like, so everything is guesswork from the subatomic level up. Because if you don't know the foundation through and through, you don't know all the way to the top. You know what I mean? It's like, I can't understand. I don't know. Like, I can't understand the foundation. Like, I, I don't know. I can't think of a good metaphor right now. It'll come to me at some point. You guys know I'm pretty sharp with metaphors. But um, you, uh, we're getting into some pretty esoteric stuff here. <laughs> I don't even know why we're talking about this today. What lesson am I trying? What lesson am I trying to teach you right now? I'm trying to teach you that we don't know shit, <laughs> and we certainly don't know God. And I used to mean to use a curse word so closely to God's name, so I apologize for that. But we don't know anything, and we certainly don't know God at all. At all, we can't even imagine. We can't even imagine. So, I think it's you know important that us as a society. Uh, that we approach life and our understanding of the world around us with humility, uh, especially those that are in uh, decisions or decision-making positions, those that help support those like scientists who are in decision-making positions, uh, those who help support decision-makers like scientists, you know what I mean, and scientists that are themselves in decision-making positions. I think it's very important that we approach everything with more humility. What we see in society now is a complete lack of humility. And we saw this with the vaccine. 
Saw this with the vaccine. No, nope, this is the only way you need to do this. Remember what they all said? They all said you will if you get the vaccine, you will not get COVID. They Joe Biden said that with his whole mouth on national television. Kamala backed him up. The House Speaker, that orange-haired twit that got replaced by that new curly-haired black girl twit. Moron, absolute bug-eyed retard up there is talking, just spewing garbage to everybody. They sat there and they told the American people, they told the world, as the model for the world, if you get the vaccine, you will not get COVID. Roll out the vaxes, vaccinated people started getting COVID. So, oh, okay. Well, now you need a boat booster and then you won't get COVID. So everybody got their boosters. Well, the first, you need a second booster and a third. Well, now we're kind of changing it. You're still going to get COVID, but the symptoms, you won't die. And then people that were vaccinated got COVID and died. Okay, well, then you had to get your seventh booster, and that just helps manage the symptoms. You won't get it as bad. And there are still people out there. You've got LeBron's kid dropping of cardiac arrest. You got another famous uh, football soccer player can't play soccer anymore because he has a swollen heart. He has myocarditis. And you see young people, vaccinated young athletes all over the world dropping like flies. And there are still people. Go to any page where it talks about uh, LeBron's son. Can't remember his name. It's not important. But LeBron's son dropped of cardiac arrest. And, you know, he's fine now. Sort of fine. Who knows if he'll ever play sports again. And what's ironic, and I would hate to say this because I would, being a father, I would never, ever wish evil on anybody's child. But aren't the sins of the father revisited on the second to third to fourth generations? Look at what happens. It's a quote from uh, Old Testament, either Deuteronomy, maybe, I'm not sure. The sins of the fathers are revisited. The evil is revisited on the second, third, fourth generation. So, you know, LeBron was a hardcore get vaccinated guy, a Chinese sellout. And, you know, basically called people stupid for not being vaccinated, in more words or less. And look at what happens to his look at what happens to his vaccinated son. I know. LeBron, in his heart of hearts, deep down, knows he screwed up. I know he's remorseful. I know that is keeping him awake at night. I know it because I'm a father. I'm a father. If, if, and to flip it, if, somebody were to show me hard evidence that not vaccinating my wife or my daughter caused their death, like if something were to happen to one of them, and I looked and I sat down and I looked at the science, I looked at the trends and it were, this isn't going to be the case but it were true that okay, the vaccine could have potentially saved their lives and I'm out here very vehemently anti-vax, I would feel so remorseful and disgusted with myself. So how do you think LeBron feels? How do you think Braun Braun feels up there, Mr. Go Get Vaccinated? Isn't that divine? I don't want to call it divine justice because it's somebody's kid. But isn't there an element of that? 
I want, I want to be very clear with all of you right now. Whether or not you got vaccinated, that's your own personal choice. And I've been kind of cruel and harsh on some of you uh, on this podcast uh, in regards to your vaccination status. Meaning that you got one to keep your job, and I think that's wrong. Personally, I think that's wrong. I think you made a mistake. If the vaccine doesn't hurt you, I think that you showed a weakness of character. Unless you truly believed in your heart of hearts that you were doing the right thing, then good for you. Good for you. Honestly, I recant what I said before. I will recant everything negative I've ever said. If you truly believe deep down in your heart that you were doing the right thing by getting the vaccination, whether it was saving your life, saving the lives of others around you, I would... I would say, great job. That's good, strong character. I'm proud of you. But I don't think many of you feel that way. And I don't think many of you got it altruistically. You got it out of fear. You got it out of fear. You did. So, you know, regardless of your vaccination status, back to what I was saying before, um, Boy, more heads up on that rest stop would have been sweet. I can't cut across six lanes of traffic on 95. Oh, okay, cool. I'm going to stop at this rest stop. It looks like they did give me a little bit more heads up. Well, um, I'm going to pause this. But regardless of your vaccination status, the people who I really have a major issue with are those that pressured other people. Oh, no, I did miss it. Judas Priest. Ay, ay, ay. All right. Well, the next one isn't for 406 miles, so this will be interesting. I'm going to have to pee in a bottle. Um, I always do that. I always miss that one. I always say I'm going to make this rest stop here on 95, and I always miss it. Hold on. My exit's coming up, actually. Give me one second. We shall return. I think I'm on an 89 to Worcester. All right. We're back. So 30 miles on here, so 20 minutes I need to check. Okay. That, on a 495, dude, there are so many turns I have to I was just looking through my trip plan. I'm like, holy smokes, I'm still so far away. Man, I'm really upset I missed that rest stop, dude. Really upset. Um, and I know there's not one on 495. I'm pretty sure. Pretty positive Michael made a boo-boo. Um, anyways, might as well throw another lip in. <laughs> you know, regardless of your vaccination status, man, uh, if... The, the, my problem lies with the people that pressured others, employers, government officials, government uh, enforcers, law enforcement, agencies, parents, children that told their parents they couldn't see their grandparents. That guy's ripping. Children that told their parents that they couldn't see their grandkids. Many cases of that, unless they got it. That's who I have a real problem with. That's who I have a real serious problem with. Because I don't think many of these people did it. Because they were genuinely afraid. Maybe some. I could see some telling their old school dad, if you don't get the vax, you're not going to see your grandkids because we're genuinely afraid of the virus. Whatever. You're a coward and a weakling. You're a pathetic little weakling. Let's just say that. You 
useless coward, spineless, feminized. But I think most did it because they wanted to be part of the crew. They wanted to be, you know, I think a lot of it, did, a lot of people did it for the same reason that they have Ukraine and BLM bumper stickers. They want to blend in. They want to fit in. They want to somehow feel like they're doing something bigger than themselves, but you're not. You're not doing anything. You're a corporate shill. You're you're a corporate tax cattle. That's all. Corporations are using you. They're commoditizing your feelings to get you to buy more of their products. Like, whatever the corporations stand for, you should be the exact opposite. It's so funny now. You know, these liberals, these left-leaning people think that they're the, like, they're the liberators, like, they're the, like, they're like the iconoclasts, they're the rebels. (laughs) It's like, you have the same views as every major government, politician, and corporation has, and you think you're the good guys. (laughs) You think you're the good guys. Because you believe in what Apple stands for socially. You believe in what Nike stands for socially. These people who have made millions and billions and billions off the backs of children in sweatshops in other countries. You think you're the good guy. (laughs) Delusion. Absolute delusion. You go out and buy your iPads and your iPhones. I have an iPhone, but at least I'm not like, oh yeah, Apple's really good. No, they're really, they're, they've done some messed up things, dude. You'll go out and buy your the Nike. All these shoes being put together. I, I respect what Phil Knight did, but that's where it ends as a businessman. You need to get your whole entire ass out of the left lane before I drive you off the road, lady. It's always the Subarus. This is the third Subaru. The last two cars I complained about were Subarus. It's always the Subarus. Clueless. What is this? A parking area. Oh, that's helpful. Jeez, man. I might have to pee at this parking lot. I do. I gotta get. I've had nicotine and caffeine. You know what that does, right? Ay-yay-yay. That's not gonna help me at all. Oh, is there a bathroom there? I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming over. Oh, oh, yeah, baby. Four lanes of traffic. (laughs) Oh, geez. I got a little puckered up there, but we did did it. Just cutting across four lanes of traffic with an F-150 XLT. Please don't back into me, idiot. Um, um, So... Hold on one second. I'm going to pause everything, shut this down. I'll be right back. I am going to pause this and make a part two. Just because I'm nervous, I'm going to like do something to this recording. So uh, go to part two if you want to continue to listen.